George Kirby didn't have his best stuff today, but he was still able to provide seven strong innings as the Mariners finish out a five and four road trip with a sweep of the worst team in baseball. Our thoughts coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners postgame show brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. Subscribe, like, and turn alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code that's right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description of this episode. Mariners win 5-3 to three to sweep the Oakland Athletic this afternoon george kirby seven innings of work three runs allowed all earned just two strikeouts one walk colby your thoughts on kirby today yeah it wasn't great um what i would say you know to be nice about it he was mediocre today against a mediocre lineup uh but you know he was able to go deep in this game which is nice given the mariners current bullpen and the fact that you don't have an off day uh before you head into your big weekend series against the astros so the very least he was able to get deep in the game uh pitch count was in good shape pretty much the entire day uh but just not a lot happening here he didn't spin the ball particularly well uh the spin rates on the day were down based on his yearly average uh the fastball velocity was fine it was right in line with what his uh what his yearly average has been so far but it did seem like there were a lot more 93s today than 95 96 so I don't know. Maybe just one of those days. It was kind of a, a cold, damp day down in Oakland, too. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think there's anything to, to be worried about here. But obviously, you know, seven innings, you only get, what, three strikeouts? Um, obviously, that that's not a, a great performance. You give up three runs against a pretty bad uh, A's team. Again, not great. Not awful. He was fine today. Um, he was good enough to get the win. At the end of the day, you know, that's the only thing that matters. Did you pitch well enough to give your team a chance to win? He certainly did, but it's, this was a far cry from what we saw in Philly. Um, and it's just kind of one of those games that every pitcher will have. And, and, you know, thankfully the Mariners were able to win this one and uh, Kirby did his part to keep his team in it uh, for seven innings before he was able to allow Scott the, the very easy decision of going to Topa and Seawald uh, to lock this down. The two guys he trusts the most at the back end. So, mm-hmm. Overall, Kirby was fine, you know, somewhere between mediocre and fine, but this isn't one of those outings that we'll remember a month from now or that we'll be talking about. Like, this was just kind of mid-George Kirby uh, against Mm -hmm. a pretty, like, meh lineup. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, good enough, but nothing too exciting coming out of this outing. Right. Kirby going seven, though, gives your bullpen a little bit of a blow here before – Heading into a very important weekend series against the Astros with no day off in between. Now, Kirby entered this game with a 704 case per nine. That's really low. And again, he only had two strikeouts today. So what's going on on that front? Why is George Kirby not striking guys out right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe the numbers don't bear this out, but it seems to me that teams are being really aggressive with Kirby early in the count, particularly on the fastball. 
Uh, they know Kirby's going to throw strikes. They know he's going to be around the strike zone. Uh, so they're not allowing themselves to get to two strikes. And, and Kirby's stuff, while it's very good, it's not elite stuff. It's not, you know, number one stuff. It's not Luis Castillo stuff. It's not Matt Brash. Like it, it's not on that level. Um, it's good stuff that plays up because of the excellent command and control Kirby has. So there's going to be games like this where he doesn't really strike anybody out. And then there'll be games where he'll go six and he'll strike out eight or nine. But for the most part, he's probably going to settle into that eight and a half, nine K per nine range. Um, and maybe there's a year where he bumps it up to 10, uh, but he doesn't have to be a big strikeout guy. You know, he has the, the arsenal to go out there and just kind of pitch to contact if he needs to get deep in games. So I think right now the reason the K's are a little bit down, mostly because teams are really trying to attack him early and they're trying to put the ball in play against him early because they know he's going to be around the strike zone. So it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Kirby doesn't get the strikeouts. You don't get to two strikes on him, but these teams can't exactly run up the pitch count if you're swinging at the first or second pitch every time up there. So it allows Kirby to go a little bit deeper into games. So I, I don't think we've seen the best of George Kirby yet. Um, I mean, the Philadelphia start kind of an outlier right now, but uh, I don't see any reason to think that Kirby isn't going to still remain a really good pitcher. And I, I'm going to assume that the K's are going to go up as we get deeper into the year two. Um, so I wouldn't worry about it right now, but obviously, yeah, he's, he's not striking out as many guys as we would like. Uh, but I just think it's because teams are attacking him. I don't think it's because the stuff took a step back or anything like that. So during the game, uh, about midway through the root sports cameras caught Ty France saying something to George Kirby, any theories as to what might've been going on there? Um, I think he was probably saying, congratulations, you're being rescued. I, I, I don't know. Cause like, or maybe it was something along the lines of like, Hey George, could you teach me how to hit? Like, I, I don't know. So, uh, it could have gone really. Ty way. had a better day today. Did he? He had a better day today. He's it still w- chasing stuff at his eyeballs. It wasn't. So. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but he had a better day today. Had a had a pretty decent day defensively as well. Had the big double play, which I think was what they were ultimately talking about. I think he was uh, giving it to George a little bit about how he had to uh, finish off that double play. Mm, I, I don't. Maybe. Uh, I, I guess the good news is it doesn't matter if Ty is the worst hitter in all of baseball for a month. He's still going to have fun. He's still going to enjoy himself. So, uh, you know, good good for him. It was definitely a fun moment, though, that's for sure. Uh, George mm. George didn't look like he was really in the mood uh, to, to be messed with. So, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's, I mean, it he a cracked fun... a smile. He, he Ty got sure, to him a sure. little Ty bit. Got yeah, him. Yeah. Ty got him. He, sure. he broke him down. And also, did you see? Uh, did you see Gino with uh, Kirby as well? They only showed this on the A's broadcast, but the Mariners reposted it on their Twitter where Gino like shook George's hand and then just wouldn't let it go. And then George just finally gave in and just followed Gino throughout the dugout. <laughs> Carson Vital had to like uh, limbo under their arms and everything. It was it was pretty great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. George must have just been in a bad mood today, I guess. He yeah. probably went to the ballpark a little bit like PO'd yeah. and, and I guess they're just like, hey, man, relax. It's 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 fun. Or maybe he wasn't happy with his performance today. I don't know. But uh, yeah, they were they were ribbing him a little bit today in the, in the yeah, dugout. <laughs> the, the team's still loose despite, you know, uh, early season struggles and current struggles through most of the people in that lineup right now doesn't feel like they feel like this it doesn't look like they feel like the season is lost so yeah 
Overall, hey, would you look at that? Thing. After the win and after the five and four road trip, they're only one game under 500 now. They are 15 mm-hmm. and 16, again, heading into a really big series with the Astros. We'll get you set for that series tomorrow. You can catch those games on the Sirius XM app or the SXM app with Sirius XM on the Mariners' hometown broadcast. Uh, but now we're going to turn our attention to Taylor Trammell, who had a big game at the plate today. We're going to talk about his big day overall and the Mariners' unwillingness to let him hit against any sort of left-handed pitcher, no matter the situation. It's really mind-boggling. Uh, but first, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp con- connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey, self-discovery from wherever you are. I'm really struggling with this one today. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that can empower you to be the best version of yourself and if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and if you don't feel that your match is suitable for you you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge no worries whatsoever discover your potential with BetterHelp visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown MLB today to get 10% off your first month that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on MLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 5-3 to three win over the Oakland Athletics. And a big contributor to those five runs was Taylor Trammell. He drove in three of them, two with a opposite field two-run home run that gave the Mariners a 2-1 to one lead early on in the game. And then he walked with the bases loaded to get his third rib of the afternoon but eventually the A's brought in a lefty reliever and pulled Trammell despite the Mariners being up by two and went with AJ Pollock who is a worse defender than Trammell which is a little bit weird when you're protecting a lead not trying to claw your way back into a game to me I would prefer the defense over the offense Colby I just we saw this last night. They brought him in after Jared Kelnick was uh, ejected from the game, and they let him play some defense for a couple of innings before they pinch hit Sam Haggerty for him, who is not hitting whatsoever right now. So Just he's not a major leaguer. So what's what's the deal with with this? Why are they just absolutely unwilling to let Trammell face a lefty, even in a situation like this where you got a two run lead? This is the way, Ty. This is the way of Scott's service uh, when he has platoons. Uh, he sometimes tends to overthink them a little bit here. Now, maybe he thinks that there's always a bigger fish, and by protecting Trammell against lefties, uh, he can keep him going against righties. Maybe he thinks that his confidence is so small that one at-bat will shatter Taylor Trammell. I don't know. Or maybe they just want A.J. Pollock to get more at-bats. Uh particularly against lefties because it looks like Pollock is starting to, uh, you know, come out of his slump. So I don't know. Maybe they don't think Taylor Trammell is that good defensively. I, I tend to disagree. He probably should be playing center field instead of Kelnick, but um, yeah, it was just kind of a weird decision. I, I don't get it. Trammell was having good at bats again today. Obviously the home run 
was huge. The walk also huge, uh, stayed within the strike zone on that would have been really easy for him to chase. Uh, but, uh, he didn't. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was a really weird decision. I didn't get it. Uh, because like you even if you think Taylor Trammell has no shot against the lefty, who cares? You're up by two in the eighth. You want his defense out there. Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, what happens, God forbid, you know, Jared Kelnick twists his ankle out in center field. And now you've taken Trammell out of the game. Julio's the DH. You won't really want to run, run Sam Haggerty back out there in center field. Ugh, you probably shouldn't. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I you just, can I, forego the DH and put Julio out there, but if Julio's still ailing, if he's then, healthy enough, yeah, which yeah, maybe, maybe not. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a really weird decision. I didn't quite get it. I, I, I didn't really even understand the thought process. It just kind of felt like it was one of those, like, oh, lefty on the mound, have to go to Pollock now. And it's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're acting as if like Taylor's gonna die if he faces one lefty. This Which is weird. It's kind of. It was what was interesting is is that the next hitter right uh, was was Pollock out number three. Uh, I believe Pollock let off the inning. Okay, so they let Wong face a lefty. Yeah. Why didn't they automatically go to Caballero or Haggerty? Right. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it's weird. I don't understand the decision. And they did this last year. This is why we're this is why we're talking about this, right? Because it's not just you know the three games that Taylor Trammell has played in this year. It's last. It's all the data that we have over the really the course of Trammell's short major league career so far. They just have avoided it like the plague, letting him face lefties. And look, I'm sure they have more data and you know more information on him about that than, than we do obviously but still like in this situation i think you can just let him hit against the lefty and just take the defense like just, just you know i would i would give an out <laughs> to have taylor Tremel's uh, glove out there in the ninth over pollock's which you know this didn't this didn't get put to the test in the ninth obviously thankfully you know nothing bad happened out of pollock playing in the field but again it's just Tremel like the process of it doesn't really make any sense because Tremel has the better glove than Pollock and you have a two run lead just sacrifice the out for the defense oh simple as that yeah. to me it is I'm trying to pull up Taylor Tremel's uh minor league splits see if maybe there's something there uh but you know we kind of talked about this with with Kelnick right like the only way to know if Kelnick needs a platoon partner is to give him at bats against lefties because in the minors there was no indication whatsoever that Jared mm-hmm. Kelnick was a platoon guy. And then what happened? They started to give Kelnick at bats against lefties. Now he's an everyday player. Yeah. Like you don't even check to see who's on the mound to see if Kelnick is going to be in the game. Chances are. Yeah, probably. So yeah, I, I just, I'm curious to see what uh, Taylor's splits are like in the minors. Um, I want to see, I'm, I'm going to look this up. I want to see how many career plate appearances he actually has at the major league level against lefties compared to how many he does against against righties because like again it just feels like the the entire time he's been up at the major league level they have just completely avoided it he's actually wow surprisingly he has 83 plate appearances against lefties Mm -hmm. which i mean is a lot relative to how little time he's really had at the major league level, he has 219 plate appearances against righties. So still a, a very large disparity there. 
And yeah, he's struggled mightily against lefties in his career. Oh, 99 average against lefties. But again, in this particular situation, right? Just let him hit against the lefty. Ultimately, this isn't a big deal, right? Because nothing negative came out of it. It's just for the future, you know, long term. I just, I question the process on that. Yeah, so it's a little hard to to track through Trammell's minor league stats because, again, he was hurt most of last year, two separate occasions. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it. So the last time he got significant number of plate appearances in the minors uh, was 2021. And that year he was significantly better against lefties than he was righties. Against righties that year, he hit 230, 339, 395. Against lefties, he hit 351, 429, 622. Like, doesn't sound like a guy who needs to be platooned. Now, obviously, again, they have more data than we do uh, because we're just pulling up numbers that anybody can access. They have access to numbers that, you know, very few do. So, I don't know. And they also have Sween coaches and and maybe they just genuinely thought that was an awful matchup. But again, it doesn't really matter if it was because you're up by two. You need the defense. So yeah, trade the out for the glove. Yeah, yeah I I'm just... going to keep on saying that. That just yeah, that, that was weird. I mean, look, I, I, I know we're harping on this a little too much for how inconsequential it really was, but uh, still uh, just for like if, if you find yourself in this situation again, you know, against a, a better opponent, an opponent that actually can threaten to make a comeback on you, you know, because the, the A's are not that. I felt no concern whatsoever. Once the Mariners went up five to three today, I was like, all right, it, that's a wrap. I just, but, like, look, yeah, the odds are mm-hmm. that AJ Pollock is more likely to get a hit in that situation than Taylor Trammell. But you know what? Don't tell me the odds. Don't ever tell me the odds. Because I just want the defense in a two-run game. That's all I care about. If there's a deep fly ball to left field, who do I want tracking it down? Mm-hmm. I want Taylor Trammell because AJ Pollock has been okay in the outfield. Like he he's not a yeah. disaster out there. Yeah, but he's fine. Trammell fine. is better. Like end of story. Yeah. So I don't yeah. I don't understand I don't understand the point of it. But whatever. Like ultimately we're we're kind of nitpicking here because you know it's it was actually a, a pretty fun last. I don't know what, 12 hours or so from when the Marin game ended yesterday until mm. around the fourth inning today when it kind of just became a drag and stopped being a lot of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're nitpicking a little bit. I honestly didn't think we were going to spend eight minutes talking about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it just, it was weird to me. So, and I, it's just something that I've noticed a lot since Tramel or like whenever Tramel's been on the major league roster. And it's just, I don't know. There's been other situations like this where you're up and they still just take him out of the game. I don't, I don't get it because to me he's one of your more valuable gloves that you have on your roster right now. But uh, whatever. Um, by the way, so you mentioned you know Chermel should probably be playing in, in center field. I, I think he's a better defender than Jerry Kelnick at this point. I think so. I don't like. I'm not 100 certain on that, but I think so. Um, but I, on that I ball, your, I find your lack of faith disturbing, Ty. That's right. It's it's not questionable. Taylor Trammell's better in center field than sure. than Kelnick. So, like, why? Also, I mean, by we the just, way, I just I I we haven't seen him in center lately. So I just year. yeah, but he's, I just like he's better. He's better. 
we know right. Jared Kalnick shouldn't be playing center field. So, so real quick on the ball that that Jared misplayed, he tried to go for the dive. Asturi Ruiz ended up having an RBI triple out of that. Um, the did you notice Teoscar Hernandez's uh, urgency or lack thereof to get to the ball? No. To the um, so here's the deal with that. Uh, I think once it got past Kelnick, it's a triple. Like it's a triple. Everybody knows it's a triple. We know how fast Ruiz is. He was in pretty good position. Like could he have maybe? Could he have maybe gotten it in a little bit faster to make Ruiz only safe by five feet instead of fifteen feet? Maybe, but who cares? Mm. What if he bobbles it because he's trying to rush to get an out he knows he can't get? So I didn't think there was anything wrong with the effort, to be honestly. I was a little bit I was a little bit puzzled by Kelnick's decision to die for it, honestly, because I mean he just he third, just full sent he full sent it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's, it's kind of like, it was a little bit like when you're playing MLB the show and you accidentally hit the trigger and you like dive and then the ball's like way over there and goes boop. And yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. That's at least a triple. So yeah. Um, I think Taylor probably, probably catches that. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't have an issue with, with Tay Oscar. The minute it got down, my only thought was like, please prevent the inside the park. home run. <laughs> well, so. so that's what I was thinking, right? When I saw him just kind of jogging over the ball, I'm like, dude, Missouri Ruiz just hit that ball. Yeah. Like he might actually, go all the way like i don't know Let, let's pick up the like, pace here a little bit like i, I just i I'm thought that was a weird play. didn't even try to be honest with you you play on the a's you're six and 25 what do you got to lose yeah now i'm not questioning teo's overall effort because he he seems to hustle even then you know yeah. even when things are not at a at a great point right so this this is kind of an isolated thing but i just i saw that and i thought that was a little weird and a little out of character for teo but overall, I mean, they, see, it was, it was like you said, it was, it was going to be a triple. Well, and, you know, after once, Kelnick made that decision, it was going yeah. to be a triple. So yeah. Taylor catches that Julio probably catches that, or at least gets closer than Jared. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not trying to pile on Jared. It was a tough play, mm. um, which is why the decision to die for it was all the more puzzling to me, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're we're harping on too much inconsequential stuff. This and segment. it's all so, your fault. That's right. That's right. It's all on me. Uh, so I'm instead, the negative one. We're gonna switch things up. We're gonna look back on uh, yesterday's uh, game, the seven to two win for the Mariners. Which, if you look at the box score, you wouldn't have guessed how bad the Mariners' offense was for the first seven or so innings. But we're not gonna focus too much on that. We're gonna talk about Logan Gilbert. We're gonna talk about uh, Jose Caballero's big day and more coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you, and for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com 
slash locked on MLB. Did you need me to repeat that for you, Colby? One more time. I think I got it. It's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Yeah. Uh, And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you so much for joining us after the Mariners 5-3 to win over the A's. Got a big series coming up here with the Houston Astros. Debut of the City Connect jerseys tomorrow night as well with Luis Castillo on the bump. Yeah, we're rocking the hats right now. We are in the mood, in the spirit for the City Connect uniforms. You can catch that game on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Check it out. Now, let's talk about last night's game because we haven't had a chance to talk about that. Logan Gilbert, let's talk about him real quick. What did you see out of Gilbert last night? Meh. 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 <laughs> he, was, he was... Look, anytime you go, what, six innings, I think it was? And yeah, so here, I'll... I'll let me read off his stat line real quick. Six innings pitched, three hits allowed, two earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts on 89 pitches. Give up seven hard hit balls, I think. Yeah. yeah. Eh. Like he, here, it was fine. Anytime you go six and you give up two, it's a good start. All right. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. who you're going up against. It's a good start. Yeah. Was it great? Was Gilbert just like cruising for stretches of that start? Yeah, he was, but... I don't know. I feel like Gilbert is, is he, he missed up a lot too. He was missing above the the hands quite a bit last night. It was just a really weird kind of start for him because it's kind of, you know, it, to me, honestly, he looked a lot like he did in Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia is a better offense than Oakland and the results were better in, in Oakland than Philadelphia, but I don't know. Like, I don't feel comfortable saying that's because Gilbert was better in Oakland than he was. He had better stuff, better command than he was in Philly. That might just be because the A's are bad, but mm. overall I would say he was pretty good. Um, got, I was a little concerned that I, I saw 91 miles an hour, 92 miles an hour flash up on the fastball a couple times last night. That's, that's a bit of a concern for me. So yeah, just not really throwing a splitter much either. Maybe that's due to some kind of arm fatigue, as well, or maybe it's just the matchup because there were a lot of righties in the lineup. I don't know. But uh yeah, Gilbert was was pretty solid. Um, but the one thing I did find interesting, knuckle curve over the slider mm. last night. That that's pretty unusual for Logan. Um, so I don't know if that's a feel thing. Again, I don't know if maybe he's trying to protect some kind of you know soreness or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was just pretty interesting. Knuckle curve over the over the slider. And honestly, his knuckle curve was his best pitch last night. So We'll see. Uh, overall, it's a solid outing, but again, it's it's not, you know, it, it's not Bryce Miller, you know, obviously, but it, it was it was fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that outing. It was more than good enough for the team to win the game that he's that he pitched, and you know, ultimately they did. Uh, but it it took a while. It took a while, but yeah, took Gilbert was fine. Gilbert yeah. was better than Kirby today, but I wouldn't say that Gilbert was great by any stretch. He was good, not great. I think that's a pretty fair characterization. Agreed. Agreed. Jose Caballero came through with a three-hit game, his first multi-hit game of his career, uh, and he broke the Mariners' scoring drought with an RBI single, one of his three singles on the night. Uh, by the way, shame on us for not mentioning that uh, Colton Wong had a couple of hits today, including a two-RBI single that proved to be the difference in this game so Colt Mong uh, starting to figure things out you actually posted some numbers about his uh, last 10 games on the Lockdown Mariners Twitter sure you vamp while I pull them up 
Yes. Uh, keep in mind, this was after his second at bat. He did add another hit later, so the numbers are actually better. Uh, mm-hmm. than there you go. So, yeah, I posted, but yeah, so him and, and Caballero have at least provided some offense towards the bottom half of the Mariners lineup. Actually, the bottom half of the Mariners lineup was where really all the contributions were coming from for uh, most of last night. That. <laughs> Oh um, man, when when they had second and third no outs, like when JP and, and Caviero got on, made it second and third no outs, and, and I, Julio and Ty France struck out consecutively. Hit a ground ball to the freaking shortstop, please. Get yeah. a run, dude. I was I was especially Ty France. I was gonna turn into the Joker after like, watching those two at bats. Like if Julio wants to go up there and try to make it a three run bomb because there's nobody out, like fine, whatever. I think that's selfish. Yeah. And I think Julio's taken some really selfish hacks the last few days, trying to break out of his slump by hitting a 500 foot home run. Every time he's up there, selfish baseball, but you're Ty France. Okay. You don't have the luxury of being like, Oh, I just knock a three run home. I'm going to be fine with this. Put a ball on the freaking ground somewhere past the pitcher and you score a run. That is your literal job as the number two hitter in this lineup. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he chased a pitch up at his eyes again. He's doing this over and over again. Anyways, uh, yeah, elevated fastball is about foot and a half outside of the zone, outside of the top of the zone. Like, I just, what are you swinging at? At the letters or slightly above, they are at his head. They are eye level, and he's swinging at him like an idiot. Yeah, it's. I just. Anyways, uh, all right. Colton Long, you you got the Colton Long numbers for us. Yeah. Yeah, over his last ten days. 10 games, including through two at-bats today. So obviously he added another hit and two more at-bats, so these numbers would go up. Um, but he, over his last 10 games, 9 for 31, which is a, a 290 average, plus three walks. Uh, it's a 290 batting average with a 353 on base, uh, only a 311 slug. So only one extra base hit in those nine. You want more power. You want Wong should be able to have you know around a 400 slug. Um, give or take. So you want more power out of that. But if Colton Wong is going to hit 290 with a 350 on base the rest of the year, which again, he's not, but then he's going to finish the year 260, 340. That is a really good player. That's probably a two and a half, three win player, which is all you ever needed and wanted Colton Wong to be. So he's starting to figure it out. No, he's not. He's not torching the ball. He's not hitting line drives all over the field, but Mm. that's not really his game. Right. Colton Wong is a guy who's going to, he, it's like Ty France, right? They're not going to hit the ball hard. They're not going to have high exit velos. That's not their game. They use the whole field. They find base hits. They get the ball on the grass or, you know, in Ty France's case last week or so. No, never, nothing. Worst hitter in baseball. Ty France apparently is a thing now. So yeah, but Colton Wong's starting to figure it out, which is nice because JP Crawford is still taking walks like a champ uh, yeah. and Jose Caballero just seems to do something every time he's in the game uh, to help his team win. And so you can kind of start And AJ Pollock, by the way, starting to hit a little bit. We talked about that. What? A few days ago that Pollock looked like he was talked about it yesterday. Yeah. yeah, Looked like Pollock was really, really close because he's hitting the ball hard, right? He's not striking out anymore. And it's just the launch angle is a little bit off. It looked like he was close and then boom. So Wong is getting there. Pollock is getting there. JP is maintaining what he's done pretty much the entire year. He's just walking a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Caballero, they kind of they've kind of found their Dylan Moore replacement. They're getting that production from somebody else, and it's Caballero. And that's really the frustrating thing about this offense. And I tweeted this last night. The frustrating thing about this whole conversation 
is that people are pointing back to the offseason saying they needed to add a DH, they needed to add a DH. They don't. Well, they do, but that's not what we should be focusing on right now. The problem is, is that right now, Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez, they've been yeah. bad for a majority of the first month. Those are four players who are all-star caliber players. We're not talking about them going out there and relying on some 4A guy like Tommy LaStella. No, Tommy LaStella is not the problem, and now he's gone, so stop blaming him. The problem is, is that your four best bats, they aren't hitting right now. Yeah. Or they're not hitting enough. That is the problem, and that is what we should be focusing on, not, well, they should have signed Nelson Cruz. Yeah. No, because if those four guys are hitting anywhere near, and we're not asking them to be anything more than they've ever been for their entire career. If they just did that for the rest of the year, this is a top 10 offense in all of baseball. You could, you could put that down in pen. I, I tweeted this last night that, yeah, they absolutely should have added, you know, one more legit bat during the off season, but that falls down the list of things to point the finger at for the reason for the Mariners lack of success so far offensively, their struggles offensively, because again, like you mentioned, Julio, Gino, Ty, and Teo, you're not getting a, really anything out of those guys. Now, Gino and Teo kind of turned things around since I tweeted that. Gino broke through with his Big first home run in what feels like uh, forever. Since April 15th. Jeez. Yeah. So, so a little over half a month since his last home run. So that was nice to see. Nice three-run opposite field shot mm-hmm. after... You know, a couple of outs there in extra innings where it was looking like, uh oh, the Mariners might not even score here in extras, and then they end up blowing up for for five uh, in the tenth to, to win seven to two. Brilliant at bat by Ty France. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you're you're you're, you're being a dead horse now on Ty France. <laughs> it's just it's really frustrating, dude, because like he's better than this. We know he's oh, yeah, better yeah. than this, and he should and absolutely is, be held to that standard too. Yeah, yeah, this is the worst he's ever looked. Last year he played without one of his elbows essentially and he looked better than this it, it just it boggles my mind but anyways back to the point well the Oscar, very, well real quick on that just at the very least it's you know it's worse because he's healthy or at least as far as we know he's healthy yeah and I'd we've never seen, and, and i don't think wasn't. we've ever seen a healthy ty france struggle like and definitely not struggle like this yeah no because it's not just that he was over 22 it's that he was over 22 striking out 12 times half of them on pitches at his eyeballs like the at-bats are just putrid anyways as you were going to say i'm sure tay oscar three hits in his last five or six at-bats all of them hard hit line drives uh just missed having all three of them be doubles by about a foot uh just missed a home run today yeah right off the wall so yeah yeah so hopefully again that is kind of going to that is a sign that those two guys are, are starting to turn it around you know, Gino technically did have a hit today. Really knocked the crud out of the ball. <laughs> Exit velocity of about 28 miles an hour, but whatever. Wheel Suarez. Wheel sure, Suarez. Sure. Yep, 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 yep. So hopefully that is a sign that those two guys are, are turning around. Because here's you don't need Julio and Ty and Gino and Teo to all be good at the same time for this to be a pretty good offense. Right. You just need one or two of them. Yeah. Just one or two of those guys step up and just do what they've done their entire career. Your top your top 10 offense in the American League, certainly. And if all four of those guys are going, your top 10, top seven in all of baseball, because you're getting what you want and more from Kelnick. You're mm-hmm. getting what you want and more from JP Crawford. You've had two guys step up and give you value at the plate that you weren't expecting so far. So all you need is for everybody else to just 
be the guy they've always been. And this is a yeah. really good offense. Yeah. So in theory, you know, if you added one more bat this offseason, yeah, it would help the problem. But it you're still in a pretty rough spot if if Julio, Ty, Gino, Teo are, are performing like this. Right. And this is something that no one could possibly foresee. Like, especially right. like Julio coming off of the year that he he had, you know, it's just all these guys are really struggling right now. Does that mean that they're going to struggle through for the whole year? No, no. These guys are going to turn it around. It's just right now, it sucks. What we're seeing right now, it's really, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really frustrating. Like that, again, going back to when it was second and third, no one out with Caballero and Crawford on base, and you got Julio and France coming up. Those guys, it shouldn't even be a question. Those guys should be at least, you know, sack fly. You know, score run. That that should be the bare minimum from those they guys from the top of the lineup. Back. They yeah. were they had their heels on the outfield grass. You just had to hit a ground ball past the pitcher, yeah. and you score a run. I just ugh. yeah. So Man, it's it's frustrating wow. right now. They'll get things turned around, but uh, in in the interim though, it's uh it's it's a rough watch. All right, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 5-3 to three win. Tomorrow, we'll get you set for the Mariners Astros series, which you can check out on the SXM app with SiriusXM on the Mariners' hometown broadcast tomorrow night. But for now, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.